Hello everybody and welcome to What's the Story podcast. This is WTS 294 and my name is Danny Murray. I'm Graham Merrigan. Mero, have you melted yet? Are you alright? I'm sweating. It's absolutely, it's vile. It's it's vile. I can't deal with it. I don't Late like into the evening as we're recording here. And it's still 18 degrees. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it one bit. And uh, but you can't get comfortable in the bed. You can't. There's, there's just no need for a heat like this. And climate change is a lot to answer for. The only thing I like about it is that it makes people happy. But I certainly... Um, During the day when you're out and about, fine, grand, enjoy the sunshine. But at night time, it needs to get down to single digits so that we can get a good night's sleep. I haven't slept, <laughs> exactly. I haven't slept well in ages, man. And I get pretty grouchy. I, 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 and I, you go to bed I, early enough, so... I have a bedtime, I have a bed routine, man. So this is upsetting me terribly. You go to bed about 11, do you? I, I, am, I aim to be asleep by 11. Right. And do you be asleep by 11? More often than not. But in do this you heat, use one of those sleep apps to tell you how many hours sleep you got? I don't intentionally. I've got I've got a, a, a smartwatch thingy majiggy which which does all that. And occasionally I look you? at it. It does, but I don't pay too much attention to that. I more so just judge it by how I feel. And if right. I feel tired, as I haven't slept well. So, because I'd be very in the, the to sound hippie about it in in the circadian rhythm, Graham. So I get I, I'm very temperamental to the amount of daylight during the winter. I sleep like a fucking hog during the summer. The bright nights and the bright mornings. That's I'm awake. Once it's bright, I'm up. Yeah, and sometimes um, in the summer you wake up, you think you've had a lovely sleep, and it's five a.m. and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't have to get up for another two hours. No, no, that's it. I. The boards are going mad, and I'm like, right, I can't turn them off. I'm up. That's and you it. have to keep the window open because it's fucking roasting. Exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a lose lose situation to be honest with you, and I'm not okay with it. But I am okay with our guest this week. Ah, oh, absolute great segue, Graham. Let's get straight into it. Delighted to say, one of our favorite guests of all time is back with us. He's the. Let's see. Well, I don't think I've ever done the intro for this guy, so I'm going to try give him. A, a, a proper intro. Do it then. Right, let's have a look. Hang on, let me think here, right? He's the marauder of Mulhuddard. Yes. He's a D15 love machine. He is the Cabra Cabal. He's the Blanchardstown bollocks. He's the one and only Pizza Carroll. The Blanchardstown bollocks. That's the most accurate one he gave the whole time, I feel. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to just think of places in D15. I was like, uh, did great. I mean, even reference my dad's from Cabra, so I can take that as well. I can take yeah. that true lineage. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. perfect, Danny. I mean, what a what a time to be alive. Back on, lads. I mean, a long time. I'm listening and I'm going, one of these fucking days, these boys are going to pick up the phone you and give old PD a call. Give old PD a call again. We just figure you're so like Ric Flair now with your fucking jet exactly style you're off lifestyle. You know what I mean? Chucking area like, you know, we can't compete with these lads. I, but I I'm, I'm basically their tell boy. Like, I, I, they just bring me away so I can get the waters and coffees. I <laughs> can't Peter. Exactly. That's the way the camera is. But, but I, I figure you're having a hard time keeping those alligators down, man. Those shoes are pure alligator skin, are they? <laughs> Which, oh, these things. Oh, yeah. These old things. <laughs> <laughs> like Ric Flair. Oh, it, man. Man. Um, Peter, or was it Dusty Rhodes that said that, Danny? Nah, that was that was that was Rick all day, man. Oh, Rick, Rick all day. Uh, That's Dusty before my time, time, boys. Yeah. I was an Ultimate Warrior guy, as you know. Um, it's been a hard time. I tried to get into wrestling a couple of times this year. I watched the, uh, I watched the Sammy. Tried Zane, loads of times over the years. We but I do. I get into we it for like a weekend. We know you eight or nine years now. This podcast is eight years old this month. We wow, twice a year probably since the inception. 
and you've watched wrestling, the big ones, for eight years. So don't give me this, I tried to get in this year. But you've I feel like the last every... eight-year Royal Rumble, last eight yes. years. So let's just leave that there. Thank you. But it changes so quickly when I come back. I'm like, this is a whole new fucking thing. <laughs> Something's going on. Now, I thought the bloodline thing was amazing. Yeah. With Sami Zayn. I was like. It is. Uh, oh, is that still going on? Yeah. See, I just watched the pay-per-view and I go, oh, I'll see you in six months. <laughs> Some of that stuff is Emmy Award winning. Um, Eric Bischoff told Ariel that it was the greatest storyline in wrestling in 40 years, the Bloodline one with Sami Zayn. Oh, did he? And then he said... The, How did Ariel interview Eric Bischoff? Just during the week on our channel. Uh, it's, is it out now? Yeah, it's brilliant. He talk, oh, man, it's, He talks all about... The contract situation, how he got Dennis Rodman to WCW while he was playing in the finals with the Chicago Bulls. So it's really, really good. Uh, You know, how does he know all these people? That's what I want to know. I want to get into his little black book. Helwani, he knows fucking everyone. It's It's, mental. The Ringer MMA exclusively on Spotify for those who are interested. That's our podcast. Yeah, that's the crack. The crack is on that as well. On that as well. Because I didn't know the Ringer was a thing. I thought it was just you lads doing your but then I discovered the Ringer NBA show and I fucking yeah. love it I love the NFL one I, I yeah. like I yeah I love all their stuff um they're great man they're, they've been absolutely great to us we've been delivering the numbers though I mean so why wouldn't you I love us, you know what I mean? oh Rick Flair talking I mean, there um, I'd love me too Bill Simmons you know what yeah, I mean <laughs> definitely sports guy Bill um PZ we have loads we want to talk to you about because obviously the Do crack it. the crack is doing deadly um, you know, we've had lots going on in the world of combat sports. Amanda Nunes, Bigfoot Silva, Shauna Bannon. But first and foremost, most important item we have at the moment, lads, is watching Love Island. No. No. Can I tell you the story? You'll love this story. Go this is it, a, this on. is one of my... I've Go watched Love Island. Love Island? One time. Hey man, it's one fucking class. Did I get me mom on the pod? Dude, oh. get Jensen in. Love Island's deadly. Don't care what anyone says. I've never... I've watched one episode of it in my life, Um, but I'll tell you a funny story. Elaine's brother and his missus live in Navin, and they asked me and Elaine to go down and babysit them one night. And now the girls at the time, I think the eldest is 14 and the youngest is 11. And they say, uh, they say, here, look, just let them watch Love Island, but it is. And I was like, I don't give a shit what they watch, whatever you want. And so we're in there and we're watching Love Island. I'd never seen an episode before in my life. And so I'm just slagging everyone that comes up on the screen because they're all like plastic surgery out of fucking minds. And I'm like, look at the state of this fuck or whatever. And then the door knocks and it's like the takeaway or whatever. So Elaine goes to leave them there. Like to, Elaine goes to get the, get the takeaway and leaves me in the room with the girls. And as soon as she went out, and I'm not one word of a lie, and I've been yapping the whole time, slagging everyone, they start talking about fellatio. And I'm not talking, like, <laughs> I'm talking a deep conversation for five minutes about techniques, about the shapes of a man's phallus, and all this stuff. And I'm sat there between a 14-year-old girl and an 11-year-old girl. And I wanted the world to swallow me up because I had been doing a running commentary on everything that had happened. I just... You just stopped? Completely silent for five minutes, like just That's staring going, please, please be over, please be over. And Elaine came in, she goes, you had this look on your face, like I'd, I'd done the worst thing <laughs> in the world, but you couldn't tell me either. So I was just staring her over going, I can't believe this, but yeah. So that is my experience of Love Island, Danny. So after that, I'm too traumatized to ever That's... turn it on again in case Elaine's nieces pop over again and I'm stuck in that room. Uh, yeah, I mean, and... that, is, that is horrific. That is... It's also a life lesson that you should always be the gentleman and get the takeaway from the door. 
Oh, I didn't yeah. have two euro on me. I didn't have two euro on me. Yeah, and let me see the coinage. I can imagine you giving it a run in commentary, and as soon as that topic came up, you're just like, "Is that pizza? Is where's that pizza?" Like? <laughs> I just like, where is she gone? And how why, long? Why did we have to plates? order a large sausage? Why did we have to? Order? <laughs> I was like, all you have to do is get four plates and bring them in here. How are you gone for five minutes? How? <laughs> That's roasting. I was going. How the fuck did this possibly take five minutes? I mean, it's a pizza. Just bring it in and fuck it on the ground so I can leave. That's all I need. But yeah, so that's my that's my Love Island experience, Danny. So I don't have you any. Watch it, Danny. Do you know what? Right? No, I but this the season, first episode. This season, I am watching it. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's the end of the sports season, and I've controlled the telly for ten months of the year watching sport. So nine o'clock in the evening, cubes is like I'm watching something. And I, at first, I was like, "All right, whatever." I'm not gonna lie, lads. I'm fucking fully invested in it now. Um, well, can you tell me? Is it just like? Is it a dating show? Kinda. Like, I mean, they 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 air quotes couple up, but at the moment, fake though. Is it all fake though? Ah, there's a lot of fakeness in it. There's a lot of people who are being strategic. See, the thing is, right, including I'm the very, faces of just, the contestants. Just, just to say. I'm very attracted to the Irish girl in it. I don't know anyone Catherine. in it. Yeah, Catherine. Catherine, is it? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. She's a gorgeous girl. Catherine but do you not think it's fucking... Like, I was worried, like, for these young, impressionable girls watching these uh, women who spent, like, you know... 250, Catherine looks natural now. 250,000 to all look exactly the same with different colour hair. I and I'm like, that- this is- Sorry for cutting across, man. I put that down to the Kardashians, to be honest. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think the Kardashian dynasty has a lot to answer for. Uh, including Caitlyn Jenner, I just think there's a certain toxicity and poison that comes out of that family in terms of this way you need to look, but then trying to act like it doesn't matter. I fucking hate yeah. that shit. Just be honest about it and just, you know what I mean? Fuck yeah, that, that, the, 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 like the 16 to kind of 28 girls now, I think, have huge self esteem issues and insecurity issues because of that. That's happening. That's happening everywhere as well. Because of just social media and the Instagram likes and fucking yeah. like kids who are they're only just getting on social media and they're, they're sweating it. Yeah, you're got... pontificating this now. Me? Yeah, with, with watching Love Island. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Graham, I, can, <laughs> I can I can watch a show and still have negative thoughts towards it. Explain but... to me this, right? How does somebody win? The public votes, Graham. Bang the rest. Really? Of them. It's who bangs the most. That, that would be a great way of doing it. That would be who who who's the fastest to get through all. But all this coupling up stuff, like I'd be fuck, I'd be like in love with the first person they gave me, and then if she was going <laughs> off with someone, I'm going to have to kill him. I'm going to have yeah. to kill him, and they're like, get him off the show. I mean, it's amazing you say that because there there is there, there is an exact situation like that involving a guy called Mitch this season. I'm Mitch, man. <laughs> Mitch, right, to give you some I'll idea. I'll be like, no, right? I love her. I love Catherine. <laughs> and he's not fucking going near her. You have security having you by the waist. And you were like, no. They're like dragging me out to going, how did he get <laughs> in? He has a hairy back. <laughs> All of our men are waxed. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I'm, I'm enjoying it, lads. It's, it's, it's drama. It's chewing for the brain and it's drama. And it's not to, not to plug my extracurricular activities, but it's a great warm-up for my professional career of shouting at the telly on Ireland's favourite TV show, Gogglebox Ireland. Daniel, I got <laughs> asked about you three times at a wedding last week. Fantastic, Pete. Someone had told someone that I was your friend and next of all, they're like, do you know him? Do you know him? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is, it's either Ariel, Danny, 
<laughs> or what used to be McGregor back in the day. I'm like, boy, when are they ever going to ask me about me? I, mean, <laughs> I ask you about you all the time. I am purely taking that piece as I've leapfrogged Conor McGregor. Yeah, popularity. You You're the new is, king of Ireland. Which is are amazing. Are you back on it, Danny? Uh, I can either confirm or deny when a, when a new series may or may appear and rather will be on screens or not. However, I do it's have not a as frequent as the UK ones, is it? It's not, no. They don't film as often. They only film for a certain number of months in the year with the UK seem to be on 24-7-365. But fair play to them. I love the UK one. Yeah. Well, that, I feel that, like that that's a bit... I felt like that was a bit... Here's the thing about it. Here's the thing about ah! it. That lad didn't even watch it. He didn't even watch me on. Oh, when he was on Fair City, I was recording it. I was watching the repeats. All of Ireland, Ireland was tuned in for Rocco, mate. Don't don't make this a you and him. Oh, hang on, I will make this a Rocco Mania ran wild, baby. I was watching it on the RTE player. My wife is Russian. I was using my connections in Russia to get Russian bots to tune in, so the ratings would go up. I mean, I series linked your episodes on Gogglebox and have watched them all. Yeah. And when, when, did you, when did you watch them about a week ago was it because you weren't no, watching them when they were on before Chris I, no I didn't watch them when they were on yeah thanks for the support Graham. do you remember yeah, the struggle I had to go through Danny trying to download apps and everything to get it it was oh, a man. nightmare I was like how do I how the fuck do I watch this PT put himself through pun intended the ringer in order to be able to uh, view whereas Mero was just you know PT, we were at um, at Danny's wedding oh the, yes the, the, the groom and his groomsmen me and the best man, we were all at the entrance. We were actually getting a bit of air before the actual, uh, I was going to say the procedure started. The procedure? Fucking hell, Graham. Before the ceremony started, we were just getting a bit of air, right? And locals got off. It was like it was, it was a Sunday. So it was like they were going into the hotel for afternoon tea. And about there were just about 10, 12 women. And they all noticed Danny. And they were all like, is that, is that your man from Box? Is that your man? I was like, yeah, it is. He's getting married today, and they all gave him a hug and all wished him luck. You're not like, and yes, it is Rocco from Fair City. We might fucking get going. Uh, I, I was, I was actually hoping Danny would have said that, but no, he never says. Uh, no, no, because he was, Graham, loving, you... he was loving the admiration and. The What's admiration. the demographic, Danny? What What is the most people that you get approached by? Would you say? Um, it's do you know what? It's unusual because um, a lot of I would say middle aged. Not that I'd ever presume a woman's age, but they just appear middle aged. Whatever's going on in their life. Right. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll... Fucking hell. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. But but there's a fair number of lads who watch it as well. But I have been asked for a selfie in the veg section of Super Value by a woman with in her twenties. Yeah. Class. So you know, look, I'm out there doing birthdays, bar mitzvahs, whatever you want, lads. You know what's next though, don't you? Um, Lambo yachts. That's Lambo what's yachts. Next, yeah. Lambo, Lambo yachts. yachts man. Speaking of yachts. Tony McGregor asked me onto his yacht about three weeks ago. Class, go. Yeah, I met him down in Dunleary. I was getting out of my car and he's like, gee, man. And I was like, how are you, Tony? And he comes out, comes over and starts, geez, you, you look great and all. What, what are you up to? I was lying to you there, Grant. Anyway. He says, can you believe, can you believe it's 10 years since we did the podcast? I said, oh no, it's eight. I said, we're eight years old next week. And he goes, unbelievable. Great times, what? And then he took a phone call and then he had a guy with him. Yeah, he is a social media guy, yeah. The guy uh, um told me he was a secure his private security guard. And I was oh. like, and I went, <laughs> yeah, right. This, what really? And he goes, Yeah, yeah, Tony's very popular. And I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. So don't have to tell me that. Then Tony I mean? comes back to me and says, Come here, do you want to I have to get a piece for the yacht, but do you want to come on the yacht this afternoon? 
And I was like, oh, I'm busy, Tony, but maybe next time. He says, yeah, I'd love to bring you out for a spin. I was like, yeah, next time. Yeah, he's a legend. Tony, Tony was he was he wearing his 188 uh, jacket? With the Ireland flag and a big captain on the back. Fucking legend. Yeah, That's what I'd be doing. If I had a fucking yacht, I'd be doing exactly the same I'm thing. Have you, have you seen much of Tony? No, he, we were texting there around... The second, the third Poirier fight, we were kind of texting. Mm. He was over, and I was just saying, "Best of luck. Hope you have a great time." You know, and he seemed to have a great time. Yeah, just like before the result, of course. But uh, yeah, I was still, I, I was texting away to him there. Yeah, um, he's chap. Huh? He's a very nice chap. Yeah, he is, he's, he's, he is, and he was always very good to us as well. Even when we bumped into him, um, in places yeah, and all that kind of stuff. If I can hijack this for a second though, because just on the McGregor thing, obviously the Ultimate Fighter is on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, have you watched any of it, Dan? I watched the first episode and I, I do have the other episodes there to like I'm I've I've linked it so I can Oh I yeah can I didn't it. Like, watch it. Like Mero did with Gogglebox. Yeah, yeah. Only I actually will watch it. Um, <laughs> I watched Gogglebox. I watched <laughs> Graham, Graham, I, I won't ask you to stick out your tongue because I won't embarrass you by seeing the big black line that's a look at the big black line in your tongue now. See? It's a lovely tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> this conversation's gonna weird, eh? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 PT, have you seen? I don't know. I, I don't know how old or new or breaking or non-breaking the news is as we record this of a Wednesday evening. But allegedly, uh, McGregor won't be fighting Chandler, and you'll see her throwing different opponent ideas at him. He never was going to fight him, and it's not going to happen this year because he's not on the fucking USADA testing. Sorry, go, go ahead, PT. Uh, I, I, I li- literally to the scream if you don't mind. I said this in January of this year when they started talking about this fight, and Ariel Hawani, my good friend, the man I love, told me. That I was Man, wearing the, a tin, the tin foil hat you told me I had on. You need to stop. I was like, when have I ever been wrong about this guy? Like, I know, I, I knew that man. From sorry, many... Did you say in January that he's not going to fight this year? That will not happen. Yeah, that is or not going to happen. Specifically, the Chandler fight. Specifically, the Chandler fight. Specifically, him fighting. I said it's not going to happen this year. And um, now, of course, they're all singing from the PT Carroll hymn sheet and said, ah, sure, we all knew this was going to happen. No, you didn't, because I was vilified and I was ostracized at the time for saying these things, like I was every fucking time since 2017, Graham. And guess who is having the last laugh now? <laughs> it's me. It's fucking me. But, um, I mean, yeah, like, look, I don't know. But Sorry, PT, why, back in January... And you made this bold prediction, and it wasn't really a bold prediction. No. It was based on experience, what um, what made you what like, what led you to believe that? I I I knew I was seeing what was going on in that camp when he was the best fighter in the world, and he was the best fighter in the world. There was eighteen months there where he was untouchable, and he was amazing. What and was the, Pete Alvarez fight? Just a, that eighteen months. So I'd say from Poirier to. So that Poirier was what September two thousand and fourteen. So I'd say up until, yeah, well, whatever that is, that's probably a bit more. But yeah, Alvarez. Of course, it was the Diaz fight in the middle. It was a broken up over the eighteen months, right? There's a couple of months break, and then we go back in. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. but what he was doing in training and the way he was mentally, like when you used to have a conversation with Connor, it was like talking to some kind of fucking like newborn monk the way he used to talk about fighting was so interesting like he was stoic and he would everything he said he thought about like there was everything he was saying to you he had thought about a thousand times himself and he's almost like every time he said something you felt like he was saying it to someone for the first time he was a magical guy to be around 
And I just don't see that guy anymore. Like when I'm, I haven't seen that guy in years, to be honest. And uh, when when he was like getting back in shape, and look, he's in great shape. There's no doubt about it. He's in unbelievable shape. But it was all like strength and conditioning training. Like I was seeing the guys he used to spar with around Dublin, and he was away. And you can't prepare for a fight unless you're fighting people. That's unfortunately that is the hardest thing about fighting. You have to fight people for eight weeks to prepare for a fight, and. All of the people that would usually be in that camp were not there. And there was the USADA thing, of course, as well. And then I hear that he's going to, you know, launch this this uh, stout he has, the Forged Irish Stout. And I'm going, that is not... that. The last time they did this, guys, this did not work out well. It's very hard to go on a promotional tour for an alcoholic beverage while simultaneously preparing to fight one of the best fighters in the world. Mm. And... I like I don't t- see this as a knock on Connor that he isn't going to fight. Like the guy has has earned more money and is more successful than any fighter that that promotion. They will never let another fighter get as successful as he is. That's how big oh. he got. And they probably underpaid him as well. Yeah, absolutely underpaid him. He made them. He's he made he allowed them to sell that company for four whatever billion, billion. four point whatever billion. So it's like I I just I think. He's in such rarefied air in terms of success. Like in terms of, right, first of all, fight success, then the Mayweather fight, that's hundreds, like 150 million or 120 million, whatever that was. Then he sells a whiskey coming of 400 million. I mean, why would you? Like I, if I was his mate, I'd be like, don't ever fight again. But what I think the problem is... But is, is, there, is there an appetite for fighting with all that money though? Well, this, I, think, I think that the issue here is that him fighting is a catalyst for everything else in that world. So he needs to fight for a proper 12. He needs to fight for Forged Irish Stout. He needs to fight for the Netflix documentary. He needs to fight for the Black Forge Inn. He, like, all of this stuff gets absolutely massive publicity when this guy fights. And even if you watch, you said you watched the first episode of The Ultimate Fighter. As soon as they open the doors of the gaff, yeah. here is, like, you know, a cave of forged Irish stout for you guys. Just what you need preparing for the biggest fight of your life. Get four cans into you. Like, it's just... What he did was so unbelievable, I think he nearly shot himself in the foot. Because when you start doing things that defy all logic, I'm sure you start to believe, like, I play a different game than these guys. I don't need to do that. Yeah. But unfortunately, what we found out in the last couple of fights is it doesn't It doesn't work. Like, it, it, it can't. Like, I, I think Poirier is an amazing fighter. I'm not trying to take away from it at all. But Connor was literally leaps and bounds better than him at one stage. Leaps yeah, and bounds. 45, though, BT. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, he yeah. was brilliant at 55 as well. Ivan Butchinger, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Like, I, 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 think, I think McGregor, if he hadn't got so rich, would have done some even more amazing things this, in that octagon, I think. This is, and you, you made the point there recently, PT, about about McGregor and you basically said this guy's a tycoon now that's yeah. that's what he he's like you know so it's look I think Mero you and I went the journey a lot of other people went the journey where we we were we were part of that kind of wave that like were, were basically all in in terms of the fandom it, you know what I mean like it was described as like an Italian 90 moment for combat sports for Irish fans and whatever but then there was the come down and the come down with McGregor has been far worse than that riding the wave I think the opinion the public has and the perception that the public has now of McGregor has it's a 
massive U-turn now. So there, there's a and, and I think I think you're I mean, right, Dan. And I think actual I think that's probably going to affect the next generation of would be UFC Irish fighters. Yeah, I do too. It absolutely, absolutely does. And I think as well though, it, it also plays into that whole thing of when we see this guy fight again, if we see this fight, if we see this guy fight again. You're, it it doesn't have the spectacle and the occasion that it did previously because people aren't going to fly halfway across the world to what you some people will, don't get me wrong, but not in the numbers. Not in their thousands. And and there's I'm I'm speculating. I can't say for certain, obviously, but it feels now like there are as many Irish people tuning in to watch him lose as there are to watch him win. Yeah, and that's and, a weird place to be in. Yeah, and I don't even think people care anymore. Like no. whether he loses or not. I like once again one of the issues I fell out with the camp was in 2020 when I just walked around the streets asking people what they thought of Conor McGregor. Mm. And he accused me of asking leading questions. Well, you know, unfortunately, every question I ask usually leads to an answer. That's how good I am at my job. I always want the answers. But so, what's your relationship like now, PT, with the camp? No, non-existent. Like non-existent. Um, you know, and that's shit. Is that because you were being? Is that because you were being a journalist and they thought they wanted you to be a PR man? Yeah. Um. You know, Connor, Connor, and me. Um. You know, I think the the things that happened uh, during the course of me covering his career was weird because it was all new. And I was the first guy there. And I don't think he knew how to react to the situations he was in. And I didn't know. You know what I mean? It was all new. So um, I think the book was a big problem. I was starting to write his book in 2014. He asked me personally. I said, yeah, no problem. And then what happened then is he's probably signed to get paid 50 grand from this book. In the space of six months, his net worth has quadrupled or whatever, tenfold, whatever it was. And he's kind of going, I'm not really wanting to do this sitting down for, you know, three months to write a book. So I was always chasing him for that. I think that annoyed him. Then they'd fly me over to see him. He had no interest in doing the book. Um, So that was that. And then, like, you know, you know, then obviously the downfall happens and I'm in the courtrooms where he's, you know, answering charges and stuff like that. And that really pissed him off too. And, uh, you know, there was a while there where the camp wouldn't speak to me at all. So, in fact, it was actually one of the best things that ever happened to me because at the time, it, you know, you're, you're very worried. I think around the time of the... It must have been around the time of Mayweather, say, like they they mm. they were on the outs with me. I wasn't speaking to anyone. And... Uh, they all, yeah, like no, there were, like people were in dialogue with me. Like Roddy always talked to me. I fell out with Artem for a bit around the Habib fight, but the, you know, I was trying, and then there was I was being told there's you know they're only giving interviews to the Mac Life, and that you know annoyed me. Having been there from the start, I was very annoyed about that. But I had just signed for MMA fighting at the time, and I can remember thinking like they signed me because they. They wanted the guy, the Irish guy, right, to give him this view that mm. nobody else has on the staff. But I was like, if I can do that in Ireland, I'm going to do it in Europe. I'm going to go and attack the whole scene in Europe now. And I'm not going to ever have to rely on one camp for anything ever again. And that's why we we made the Eurobash podcast. And that was one of the best things I did with, with Noel, of course. Um, and I, I think to do that, to change focus instead of sitting in this misery of chasing tails and coming up with nothing 
all the time. I think that actually was gave me a new lease on life. You know, I felt like this is bu- I'm buzzing. I'm talking to Yoani and Jacek. I'm talking to Darren Till. You know, who are really coming up at the time. So it was probably very hurtful for me at the time. But it actually led to a, a massive breakthrough. And I don't think if I hadn't... Because that was the first... Well, I did talk in brawls with Noel, and then Noel came and did Eurobash with me. But if I hadn't have done that, I don't think I'd be in the situation I am with Ariel now, with, with the ringer yeah. and stuff like that. And in a way, as soon as they close the door on me, I'm like, well, I'm not... Like, I genuinely... And people don't believe that... Like, when I was... I used to be full of positivity about Connor and going on the radio and saying, you know... I believe in this guy. He is a force to be a really great thing for Ireland. I really believed that at the time. And I think he did at the time have a massive, and he did have, he did have um, good impacts in Ireland at that time. But the reason why I was saying was that because I was around all these people and I could pick up the phone and speak to these people and they'd tell me all these things and, and the wonderful things that are happening in training and the buzz. And you could feel the buzz even talking to these guys on the phone. And it was this magical thing that was happening. And so as soon as that line gets cut, you're kind of left picking up, like, what what am I seeing when I see the camp now? What, what you know, you're trying to read between the lines. And it just so happened to correspond with a downfall in his career. Mm. So I was seeing and saying what I was seeing, and they hated that I was saying it because I used to be among them in that camp. But everything I said was true. There was never a point where I was like, oh, I'm saying this because you don't talk to me anymore. Not at all. Not at all. I was always saying what I saw and it just so happened to turn out that that was what was happening at the time because I knew them so well. I know how they act around each other. I know if certain guys aren't there, what does that mean? Who does he have training with him? Why isn't that guy there? What's going on here? Why aren't they at training at this hour? I've only seen... I I just knew how it worked, so... But you're a journalist as well, though. That's their journalist journalistic probing questions. I mean, a, a lot of the stuff happened coincided with some defeats as well. So you're obviously going to report on the defeat and why there was a defeat and give your opinion on what you thought there was the he yeah. lost certain fights and maybe sometimes uh they didn't like reading that. But I remember when we we were first pals around seven, eight years ago and I, I specifically remember a night we were sending audio notes and you were saying I'm just after being off the phone to Connor he was playing Call of Duty and all we were playing you know He's he's he was up in, in his attic or something, still living with his man. Was this was this Gunnar Nelson? Was Gunnar Nelson in the gaff or something playing yeah, college? So. Yeah, yeah. That was, was years ago. Yeah, I think it was either him or Queely, was it? I, I don't remember if that was Connor. Oh, it was not, definitely Gunnar. It was definitely Gunnar and, and Connor because we used to I was ring he used to ring me at like four o'clock in the morning to do interviews. So this was when I was doing the Gazette, and God bless Tony, he'd make him ring me. And then Connor would like say, "All right, I'll ring him." But then when Connor like thought it was a convenient time, it would oh, be like four o'clock in the morning. He <laughs> just jump up and do a five minute interview, and it was great. Look, like, so did you bump into him during the Katie Taylor fight? No, no, no. I was I was offered to go to the Black Forge, but I was like, Ariel's having this great moment. I don't want to have anything negative pop. Like, not I don't think anything would, but I didn't want to have any part in. You know, yeah. any kind of bad memory you could have in that situation. So I, uh, so I stayed away. And I thought, look, I'm not saying I thought anything would happen. Most of the time, if we're in the same room, we just don't. You yeah. know, we just stay away from each other and go on with our business. And that's that probably suits best, like both of us as well. To be honest, like I don't feel any need to no. have a conversation when I see him or anything. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing your thing. He's doing his thing. You know. 
as Mero said, like you're you're a journalist. It's your job to to do these things and report on things accurately and how you see them. And I think McGregor is one of those cults of personality where people ride that wave. And anybody in that situation, and I, I'm not just speaking about McGregor, I think anybody that's in that situation where you get such, you amass such a following so quickly, you are going to worry about certain things about what's being said, where, what's being said by who, and what and how it's being perceived. So, like, a, a fallout somewhere along the lines is inevitable with anybody, I think, in that situation, particularly when that person is a journalist and they're trying to report on things as objectively as they can, like. Yeah, uh, like, it's, um, it's a, it as must well be. That, sorry to interrupt you, PT, but as well as that, Danny, the, it, it's the same, it's, you are being pushed aside in certain respects for content for the MacLife. He owns the MacLife. That's but they asked are. me to work for them as well, like, and I said no. Yeah, he asked you to set it up, didn't he? I wasn't asked directly to set up. I was contacted to be the main guy kind of thing. Yeah, and that's, that's PR. That's not journalism. Like. Yeah. And I was just like, what's it going to be called? They're like the MacLive. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, what are you talking about? <laughs> is, that going, man, is it? Yeah, it's actually doing great. Um, mm. Oscar Willis is the main man there. And to be fair, he's fucking killing it. Like he's basically cornered the whole video market in UFC. Like, I mean, yeah. whereas MMA fight and say you guys, when you were watching the sport, you'd probably log on to MMA fight and to get your press conferences and stuff like that. Yeah. He's the go-to guy. Like he gets everything up quickest. The numbers are mental. I mean, he's done a brilliant job. To be honest, yeah. like he is. Sorry, answered Lenny's question there. Apologies. What was the question again? Oh yeah, sorry. The, the cult of personality thing. Like, how would you? Could you imagine how weird it is being him now, though? Oh man, like his. I wouldn't like to be. No, but no, like I, everybody, I, I everybody, like is fawning over you all day. Like everyone is worshiping you, and if anything less than everyone worship in happens, America. Yeah, no, but I mean, everyone <laughs> around him, like every room he walks into, someone's oh, going, yeah. oh, Jesus, Jesus. And imagine then, like, you're just having a normal interaction with someone. It's probably weird. It's look, probably look, weird when someone's like, oh, what's the crack, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no. Unsettling for him. But I mean, look, as 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 a celebrity myself, and as somebody course, who can't find a super value without getting a selfie request, when you're walking anywhere in life and the public's reaction is to take out their phone from across the street, from, you know, the shop that you're in, you know, when the public's reaction is to put a phone in your face just so that they have a photo or a video of you and all you're trying to do is get an iced coffee and a fucking cinnamon bun or whatever. I don't know if he eats cinnamon buns, man. He probably hasn't had a car in about 15 <laughs> years. God bless him. Uh, but you, you know what I mean? Like that that can't be easy. You feel like you're always You understand how he's feeling so, Dan. The, the persona, Graham, you have to live the gimmick, you know? so that's, It is feels like he's a brand now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the... That's like the epitome of success in America, right? When a person becomes like a brand, but it's just, I don't know, dude. It's just, it's kind of tragic in a way too. Like, mm. I know that sounds mental. Like he, he's so loaded and he has everything he possibly wants. But I think somewhere inside of me just wishes he was that lad getting the bus home from Crumlin to Laracon. So after spending the night out with the lads, like, you know, I, I, I don't think he'll ever be able to get that back. To to shift gear and, and go with something a little bit more hopeful, possibly a little bit more positivity as well. Um, not not that being a multi fucking millionaire tycoon isn't positive. Fair play to anybody who can do it. Uh, you you spoke to newest Irish recruit of the UFC on the crack recently. Your podcast, the crack, Shauna yeah. Bannon. It's this this is a great moment for particularly for we've only had Ash Daly in the UFC previously. 
So yeah. it, it, it's a good, good moment for Irish MMA. Yeah, and I think the thing that I don't like about some of the things that have happened in Irish MMA is like, I can remember when Ash won that world title before anyone else. And John Cavanaugh was on the phone to me. I was ringing every paper. I mean, getting her in papers. We thought this was going to be a breakthrough moment. It was a hugely significant moment. And, you know, even though the talent pools in women's MMA weren't as deep at that time, I can remember everyone in the other scene being like, if Ash can do this, we can do this. Like, this is a massive moment. Like, we, we're proven that we can fight the best people in the world. And look, she beat Jessica Oi, who went on to fight for UFC titles. This is no... This is not a bullshit fight by any stretch. I had Sinead Kavanaugh recently tell me that it was online, on Twitter. Online, in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think that's what... Where's the bitterness there? Like, I mean, there's there should be support there. No. And it's just like, you're, oh, you're, you're, you're still thinking Ash is, is, is the top. And I do, I do, absolutely, by the way, just to clarify, as I told uh, Sinead. But look, maybe it's something personal, like between them that happened on the mats. Like, I don't know, right? So, yeah, yeah. but I do feel like there is an effort to to write her out of MMA history in a way. And I think mm. that's an absolute disgrace. Why is whatever. that? I don't know. It's just, I see, I see people talk, like like that Sinead situation where I'm like, this is, could you imagine that in any other sport? Like, oh. like someone going, like uh, the Irish, whoever the Irish, John Egan now going like, fucking Paul McGrath, bit of a prick though. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what? what? Like, yeah. it's crazy. But, well, not that, not that Sinead said that either, but I like that Sean, uh, has trained with Ash, bigs up Ash everywhere she goes. Mm. Um, she's obviously in there with Paddy too. Like there's connections to this previous generation when we were all young and, and full of wonder about this crazy sport. And and she gives her respect. And um I think it's good to have uh, a different a different kind of fighter out there as well. Uh, Sean is a single mother. She um you know she's had to overcome a lot to get to this moment. Mm. And I think she'll, I'm hoping that she'll, you know, show MMA in a different light, the same way as I hoped Ian Gary would. But I think, unfortunately for Ian, Irish people, they want you to be in Ireland. They want to see you there. They want to, and obviously with Chris and Carl, he had this amazing entry into the world. Like he, I, I, Chris kicked him out of that gym the week of that title fight in Cage Warriors. And after that fight, he was off and he was off living in Florida. Um, I think it's hard. Like I'm even pitch, I've been pitching in Gary content all the time since he got in, obviously, because I know people get interested and they just aren't, you know, they aren't bowled over by the guy. So every time I, I I see someone come in, I'm hoping that they'll have a bigger impact on the general public. Like, you know, yeah. will come into this broader consciousness. That said, Ian Gary is an unbelievable fighter. I think he's the best fighter by a long shot that we've seen since Connor. He's the first person to put five wins together. I broke the news today. Sorry, first person to win five consecutive uh fights in the UFC since Connor and he's fighting Jeff Neal now in Boston in August and you know the kid's talent is just absolutely unbelievable like yeah. I, I have people every time he fights I have people getting on to me oh what is the story with this lad I just don't get this lad and I was like but just look at him fighting though like just look at what he's doing in there this is crazy this is yeah. this is not just this guy's a good Irish fighter this guy is an elite prospect blue chip prospect from Malahide fighting in all of the biggest fucking venues around the world. And just because we're like, oh, he doesn't he doesn't eat spice bags like I do, we're like, fuck that guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. Well, um, myself and Danny worked with Sean at, um, and <clears throat> like the I have we had Sean on the podcast years ago as well. And she was trying to get down to take the 
go down the taekwondo route in the Olympics. Yeah. And I actually don't know what happened there. That, do we know what happened there? I think she just, she she decided I prefer the MMA route now. Oh, uh, okay. She, she well, started transitioning more to MMA. There was lots of guys kickboxing, trying to get into taekwondo because they yeah. wouldn't make kickboxing an Olympic sport. Exactly. Yeah. But I think there was a lots of red tape there. Like, I right. think as they were trying to get in, we're like, well, we have Jimmy here who's been kickball, who's been doing Taekwondo for 15 years. And even if he couldn't kick snow on the rope, they were never going to admit that these yeah. kickboxers could probably do it better, you know? Yeah. There's one thing I learned with, with working with Sean and knowing her is that I was not surprised to see her getting a UFC contract. I mean, everybody says that. Everybody that knows her says, because I have a, we have a mutual friend, me and Sean, my friend Bo Mangan. And when she made her amateur debut, Bo texted me. And she said, she's going to go the whole way. And you know me, big fucking jaded head me. I'm like, she's having a fucking first amateur fight, Bo. Yeah, relax. relax. <laughs> so then like, I'm interviewing Sean. I'm like, well, fair play to you. You fucking yeah. did it. <laughs> I think the reason, like, I think the reason we, people say it is because of our commitment. I mean, yeah. I did, being honest, I think Shauna would probably admit this. I didn't think it was going to happen this soon. But, I mean, her commitment, even when we were working with her to go to all these tournaments, um, now, as you said, she's a single mother. You know, the interview that you did with her recently was very good about and, and uh, kind of the story and how she got there, how she was training through COVID and um, two hours sleep, being a mother, going to training. You know, she had to give up work just because if she wanted to achieve this goal. So I hope um, I hope it, of course, I, I know Shauna, so I hope it 100 percent works out for her. And I hope she is. Uh, rewarded financially properly um, for the Absolutely. hours that she puts in because we all know the UFC aren't great at paying. So I hope mm. she gets um, good money that she can enjoy and 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 then enjoy it with little Jace. I think I think she's one of those people that will make money even outside of the like the general UFC. I think she's that approachable and she has that charisma to her where you know. She'll have one of those fan bases where they'll be ravenous. Like if she releases a T-shirt or something, they'll they'll yeah. go after that. I don't know. I just I was struck by how charismatic she was when I was speaking to her. And there's no cockiness though. She no. She she's just very confident. direct and direct yeah. and confident. Yeah. And I think she's proven herself right many times in her life. So yeah. she is confident enough to be like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I think the most impressive thing about her is. Like she is in here, like I've been interviewing people for years and it's all about getting to the UFC, getting to the UFC. I went to her second pro fight and it was never about getting to the UFC. It was about being the champion in the UFC. Even back then, you're fighting in the Pillow Hotel in Ashbourne and you're telling me you're going to be the champion of the UFC. I think that's pretty special. Like, Are you going to go to UFC London on our fight card? I don't think so. I haven't gone, I haven't been to London now. I used to go every year, but I haven't been now. I haven't been since last year. It's just a... Uh, with all this kind of working via satellite, there's no need anymore, lads. You know, yeah, I mean? you yeah, can just yeah. fucking plug in my microphone and go sleep in my own bed. <laughs> I, am, I had Donna Corby from the Mirror get onto me at ASC, who's another, who is absolutely killing it. Uh, Donna Corby is now with the Mirror, who I mm. kind of started off with National Tablet. He's going all over the world covering Jake Paul fights, all this stuff. The man's oh, a legend. Man, I, I saw that recently, actually, when uh, Jake Paul was fighting. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, when he was fighting, uh, what you call him in Saudi Arabia there? A while Tommy back. Fury. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I saw Donna Corby's coverage of it was everywhere and fair play to him. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it, it really is. And he texted me yesterday saying, we can get the flight over and back 29 quid in the day. And I was like, you know what, Donna? You smooth talking bastard. I might just do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, 
Look, it's he does WWE there. coverage as well, doesn't it? He does he everything, does, man. Does everything. Look at, I think he's brilliant. You know, like, and they're all so good and they're all so dynamic compared to what I was when I was their age. You know, like, I literally just knew how to file a fucking, like, article. That's all you I knew. How to... You come from the school of Janice Gappy, PT. Don't ever, Can I ever. Oh, my God, mate. Can I tell you a funny story? Absolutely. Right. This is so embarrassing. That'd this be is funny. so fucking embarrassing, mate. Do you know who Janice Gaffey is? No, Gaffey is? I assume she's he, one of our old lecturers. This is, is going to be inside baseball for you, for you and I. So but... she, she was our lecturer for our master's degree course in journalism. And I'm sitting there one day and I, I'd just done all the Katie Taylor interview and all this stuff. And it was the Monday after that. And I looked down at my phone and who's ringing me, Danny? Only Janice Gaffney. And I was like, Jesus Christ, here we go. I'm finally going to get the old pat on the back here. This is fucking amazing. And I was thinking this. I'm not bullshitting. I was going, this is fucking yeah. incredible. Answer the phone. Janice, how's it going? And she goes, uh, hello. I was like, yeah, it's uh, it's Peter Carroll. You know, go ahead. Hit me with the good stuff. And she was like, uh, uh, which Peter Carroll is this? And I was like, it's, you know who it is. It's Peter Carroll from the Masters of Journalism. Uh, that's who it is. And she was like, oh, so there must be two Peter Carrolls. And I was like, oh. My no, no. he's working in the Department of Education now or something, and there's a guy that works there oh, called Peter no. Carroll. And I had to back up the truck so quickly, I was sweating. Like, do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, finally, no, I finally thought I was getting. She didn't know who the fuck I was at all. Like, she was just like, "All right, uh, good stuff. What are you the one that's?" She said this. She fucking said, "Are you the one that's on Gogglebox?" She said that to me. Fuck off. She said that to me. What and did that now? You you're winding me up, mate. I fucking swear on me. But she meant Danny, did she? She rang Peter Carroll from the Department of Education, apparently, because she works with her. But she just had my number in her phone and assumed that was his because she had all of her numbers in the back in the master's days. Then, like as she's scrambling, like asking me how getting on, God, you know. Doing pretty good. And uh, you know, right? she, she was like, are you the one that's on Gogglebox? And I was like, fuck, Jesus, no, I'm not. I'm not even <laughs> that one. <laughs> that's you, Danny. I, yeah, look, yeah. I, I don't know. I I wouldn't have thought Janice would remember me from fucking Adam. Well, like, she thinks your name is Peter Carroll. Listen, if, <laughs> if somebody out there thinks I'm P.T. Carroll, I will fucking take it to the bank. I'll be like, yes, thank you. What about that for fucking Scarlet though? Like that is, I don't even think I've told the line that I just remember that as you said her name. I was like, oh bollocks. And I'll prove ah. this happened. I'll go into my calls so you can see this actually did happen. You poor PT waiting for his Jesus. the compliment after his lecture and then gets absolutely that's what it was. A missed call, and then I ring her back and just get oh, the, man. Get the that is sick. Something's gone terribly wrong. Yeah. My God. What's happening? What's wrong? Oh, hang on. It's PT froze. PT's froze, but I can Something's hear him. Something's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> it's gone terribly wrong. <laughs> there. He's back. Oh, wait. He's back. Hello? You're He's back. back. We're back. I around. can't believe that. Mortifying. Mm, that that is, is. That's that pretty is. embarrassing, isn't it? That was fucking... See, because I'm, I'm, I'm a corporate shill now. I, I escaped the world of journalism because I wasn't cut out for it. And I just used the skills that she developed within me to to be a corporate shill. And she'd be embarrassed by me now. So there's no way she'd ever be ringing me for a pat on the back. Whereas you, Pete, you're the shining light of that course. I thought it was my moment, man. I thought this was it. I thought finally they're going to they're gonna give me what I've wanted. Just a bit of fucking well done, mate. How many I'm, years apart were you? One. 
Vaughn, I think. Yeah, I think you were the year before me, I think, were you? Yeah, and then remember. my mate was the year before, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I remember, I remember your thesis so being funny. there and me very much enjoying the fact that somebody, because because at that time, MMA was not, the, you know what I mean? It wasn't in the toy department of sports journalism properly. So yeah. I, was, I was like, oh. I got very excited about it. But anyway, that's, yeah, Jesus. Well, look, mortifying, like one of the most mortifying moments of my life, I have to say. It's very funny. It is, it is very how, funny. Did, how did you um find covering the great Katie Taylor? It's like I told her this after I interviewed her. I said, I feel like I'm after interviewing St. Patrick. Um, <laughs> and she was pissing herself laughing. Like, and I was like, thank God that could have went either way. You know what I mean? That could have went either way, that joke. <laughs> and uh, no, she was, she has this aura to her, man. When she walked yeah, into yeah, what her is room, it? What's it like? I don't know. It's very hard to describe. Like, I was just very nervous. And I remember I didn't sleep the night before or anything. And I was so worried that I was going to drop a big, horrible F-bomb as soon as I met her. You know what I mean? Or yeah, say something like Oh, just and then when she was there, it was such a calming effect she had on me, and she chilled me right out. And then I just felt like we we're kind of bantering, like we we're talking about the Irish women's football team beforehand. And she was kind of getting into that, and she was telling me about her mates are trying to go and they can't get tickets. It's going to be so big, and I was like, it's going to be like you all over again. Like this is going to be a massive moment for sport in Ireland. And she was like, I do, I believe that. I think Katie McCabe is going to be the biggest star in this country for years to come. Yes, yeah, and is. you know, and, and she definitely is, but it. Honestly, I was so nervous and I was just like working with Joe. That was the first time I'd ever worked with them. And they were fucking brilliant. They were and, so and, good. Sorry to cut across here. Fucking well, brilliant coverage, by the way. Every bit of it from the, from the fucking legit proper coverage to, to the fluff that you were doing with Ariel, getting them to try Irish food and everything, man. I fucking thoroughly enjoyed your, your content over that week. Yeah, no, it was it was great. But like being around Ariel over here is fucking bizarre. Like it's it's and it's so embarrassing to me because he loves fucking throwing me under the bus. So I'll be like taking pictures of him and all these lads. And he'd be like, Do you not know who he is? He's from Ireland. He literally lives five minutes away from you. How do you not know who he is? He is a podcast. He literally does the show with me. How do you not know him? I was like, Oh my god, mate. Oh my god. He was but doing him, that. He didn't know he was coming over till the week of it, did he? No, so like he's so funny. Like he'd be planning, like, can we do this? Can we do this? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then like two days before he comes, he's like, I can't do anything. So just, I was like, nice one, mate. I you brought him to the gym. I brought him to the gym. He made Steve's gym there in Fitzwilliam Square. Yeah, he bursts. He's actually a machine. Like I don't know where the fuck he gets his energy from. Like it was, so I went in. Lots of all two points say. Of course, but like he did a 40 minute workout and I'm like, I'm going to get a shower here and I'll drop you back to your hotel so you can have a shower because he's a germaphobe. He won't go near anything public like that. Fine. I go in and have the shower. My mate stays like outside the door when I walked out with a little shower room or whatever. He's like, hey, he just finished an arm workout and he's done 25 minutes of boxing with one of the coaches in there. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it's just, in the shower. I'm in the shower. Like and I'm, he's coming out and he's just battering some pads with some lad. He's a machine. I, I, and he has three kids. I don't know. He has 85 fucking shows. Like, I think, I think he has like, four, <laughs> he has 40 hours of content a week or something. Like, it's fucking bizarre. Like, it's you know absolutely what, bizarre. You know what content of, of Ariel's I love the best? No. And that he will know. Love the most when he absolutely hangs Dana White out to dry. I cannot get enough of that. I love when he's saying to the producer, can you play that clip there? Okay, no, he's lying. He's bullshitting here. I, I just love it. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable television. It's, it's not just when he does it with Diana, though. It's, no, it's, it's, when he, it's when he does it in jet. It's remember Paddy Pimblett? Sensational. Like, did this, there was there was that brief moment where it was kind of like 
the the heel wani. Do you know what I mean? Like where the, where it was like Ariel had turned heel or whatever. And then it was like that moment all those years ago where The Rock turned heel, but he was so good as a heel that he was a baby face all over <laughs> yeah. again. That's what's happened with Ariel. He yeah. went heel and people are like, oh, I like this side of him. And within a week or two of him fucking, it was like, this is it. This this guy is fucking, he is absolutely rocket strapped with this shit. Call him out more often, please. I, yeah. I've, I've had a few arguments with myself. It's just, you can't win. You can't win yeah. an argument with that man. You can't. You're just better off just going, fuck it, right? You're right. I'm a, I'm a prick. Like, whatever. <laughs> just take the That's win. That's what I do with Danny. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like he's, he is uh He's a machine, dude. I got, yeah. I've never met anyone like him. He's a very special guy. I love him. Love him. He's one of my best mates. But he is relentless. Like, relentless. I, I don't know how he fits so many things in his every day. It's, and he does everything really well. Like, yeah. he's a great dad. He's, he's, you know, him and his wife are very happy. Like, he, he seems to make time for everyone and real time. You know, like, he wants, he wants people to know uh, that he cares. And he does care a lot about everyone he meets and he somehow manages to give everyone enough time so they're all chuffed with their moment with Ariel you know it's 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 very impressive but you know what I love about um his whole well it's not his but Dana's feud with Ariel is that Dana is like he he, he almost tries to put people against Ariel and it's had the opposite effect it's like what Danny says when The Rock tried to go heel and he was just too far gone that everyone just loved him. And that's what happens in a professional wrestler's life is that they've like it happened around the Orton the last three or four years. He's been around for so long that they try and change him heel. No, it's not working. That fans love him. And that's what happens with Ariel when when Dana White when someone like I think MMA fans, particularly in Ireland, in the infancy infancy of say, the Brock Lesnar years, everyone loved Dana. Everyone wanted a selfie with Dana. And then they start finding out the personality of Dana and fit, and, and realising the chap's an absolute fucking bellend. Hey, man, I, then, I, I used to enjoy, I thought Dana was gas. I You know, when, when they were over here for UFC in 2000, and when, was, when was Henderson Franklin over here? 2009, yeah. February 2009. Yeah, I, I, I was one of the people that was getting selfies with Dana White and I was, you know, loving him and I was thanking him for finally bringing the UFC, blah, blah, blah. And you know, but that's that's what happens when you're twenty odd in college and brain dead. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but you, like you, you can't see the wood in the trees, like yeah. But everything is is not black and white either. Like it's gray because True. like he, like it's the same with Connor. It's the same with everyone. Like Dana's doing amazing things for the sport. Like I would not have uh, this livelihood yeah. if it wasn't for him doing that stuff. But. That doesn't mean he's a perfect person, you know? And obviously he's not. He's definitely not. Like, he's... No, no, he, he was caught slapping his wife in video. Yeah, I mean, he's... Exactly. And look... And, he then, is, and then creates a company called Slap Face. I mean, unbelievable. And, and right, but like... That board would weigh the fucking... Like, are we living in a simulation yeah, here or what? Like, that's... It's crazy. of the UFC caught slapping his wife and then his new show was the premiere two weeks later. Like, where would you get it? All right, lads. Like, in fairness to Slap, right, the finale was exclusively streamed on Rubble or Rumble or whatever the hell it's called. So, I mean... I've never, never even heard of it. Huge, it's huge actually, deal. It's actually a free speech uh, site, okay, Graham? Oh, there's, there's, these, there's none of these woke brigade of people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, able, yeah. you're, able, you're able to Speaking, slap your wife. You're able to watch the slap fights. It's fucking amazing over there. You can slap your wife in peace on that channel, can you? Yeah, I mean, peace her up. She can peace you up. Sorry, go ahead. Speaking of uh, how you pronounce it, I need to call you though, actually, Pizzy, because you're a fucking sellout. All right, and I get it. I get it, man. You were, what did I do? There's, there's, there's paychecks involved, so I don't. But I just I want it noted. 
I keep receipts. What did I say? You fucking, you went back on call. It's fucking Dazzin, and you know it's Dazzin, right? Oh, my God. No, I've, I've, I've a partnership with DAZN now. So it's fucking Dazzin, uh, PT. Don't you play? And you can watch all of the fights on DAZN. I had to, like, do you know how long it took me to fucking say that after that KE interview? You can ask the lads who work for Joe. I, that interview's one take. Sat down, did the whole thing. I was there for two hours doing, watch KE, shit. Watch, <laughs> fuck, DAZN, bollocks. <laughs> Like it was, it was a fucking disaster. And I told him it was going to be beforehand. I was like, I'm the opposite of Ron Burgundy. I can't read anything. I can't. If you tell me to say something, I can't say it. So to be just like, so just say it naturally then. And I'll be like, the fu- uh, you just couldn't do it. So like, it's literally just me sitting in that same room that was with Kay with. And you'll see it. It's like a two second clip at the start where I'm like, the fight is on the zone or whatever. It took me fucking two hours to do it. It is the zone seconds. though. It is the zone. Of course it's the zone. Yeah. And it's never been dazzling. It's the and zone. I didn't stay up all night saying the zone into a mirror the night before that interview. <laughs> Doing this. Yeah, it doesn't. Bollocks. <laughs> Every man, it looks like doesn't. Like it's very confusing. Elaine, Elaine, how do I sound? Yeah, she was um, just like But she'll tell you, most nervous. I was like, I was like a you know, dog trying to shake a shite out the night before I had that interview. It was it was absolutely it was is was there like her father was on the same card coaching your yeah, man. Gary Cully, yeah. Gary Cully. Was there anything like was that have anything to do with anything, would you say? In terms- no. Like I think I think like listen, lads, I don't know a fucking thing about boxing. I heard about Cully for the first time that day. Pretty much no, he did a oh, Q&A. Was been pontificating him for about two weeks. I mean, he learned who he was like two weeks ago when, when they told him and he was coming over. You don't know who he is, bro. He's gonna be the biggest thing, and then the chap gets KO'd. I'm like, what'd you say? Yeah. What fight? What a fight of his? Did you watch? And what did, what did Ariel say after his defeat? He's just like you know he's gonna bounce back. He's always positive. Like there's no he never you never get a a bad word out of him. But he was selling this whole thing, and it's amazing that he can do that. Like he came over and he planted this seed to Eddie Hearn that this is the rebirth of Irish boxing. I saw him say it to him. I was in the fucking room when he said it to him, and he hadn't said that once. Eddie Hearn hadn't said that fucking all week and then in every interview afterwards that's what it was that was what it was and i was asking like a gavin case and all is this really the fucking like is it's just and he's like i suppose it could be and i was like how did he do that how the <laughs> fuck did he do that but then cully lost and dennis hogan lost and katie obviously lost so fucking rebirth is is fucking in desperate need of resuscitation how good this is gavin casey He's fucking class, man. Joey's so much fucking cooler than I am. Joe just kind of stand there trying to act like him when I'm around him. He's like, stop being weird. And I'm like, I can't just want to want to drink it in. You know, and they're just even the boxing reporters are so much fucking cooler than MMA reporters. They just are. I drove them back um a few of them because I was I was driving. And they're just so fucking rock and roll compared to us. They're like, yeah, just drop us off at the workman's there, mate. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm going home for eight hours sleep. What is wrong with you? How is this happening? <laughs> oh, fuck, my last article at last door. Does who gives a fuck? No, money messy. Very professional. Who, who, who was there? Bob Geldof? That's, that's, yeah, he's very like Bob. I would say he is the Bob Geldof of Irish media, Gavin Casey. Gavin Casey? No, yeah, he doesn't like Mondays. He doesn't hate <laughs> yeah. No, but he's, he's, he's brilliant. Um, I think he's, I think he's like, I think he's so fucking good. I think he's like, and he'll like he doesn't like me saying I'm nice to him, especially to his face. That's all I do when I see him. Tell him how great he is. But I think he's like one of the best sports journalists this country's ever seen. You know, mm-hmm. and I just think it's unfortunate that it's not unfortunate. It's the way media is going. When he writes those long form features now that are behind that paywall in the forty two, mm-hmm. and some of them are just so 
all encompassing in our, like of Ireland and you know he can really put a bow on things in such a perfect way a lot of the time and I just think that's a, a shame that I just can't get the article and like send it to Ariel and go look at that or I can yeah. send it to you know send it to people like oh it's a fucking paywall or whatever but I well, think did, it's brilliant didn't he do one on Heather uh, Heather Hardy there yeah. a few years ago was absolutely yeah. brilliant was he's brilliant. done brilliant stuff he always finds a completely class. unique angle on these things like we're all doing the same thing and then he does 42 something else. have a good collection of journalists there David Schneid yep. as well yeah, uh, football. Uh, he's great. He's on the second captains all the time, isn't he? Yeah. And then Gavin Cooney, is it? Gavin Cooney is very he's good. He's fucking brilliant. Ashley like, O'Reilly is brilliant. I don't think is she with the 42? Yeah, she is, isn't she? She's I think on. so. I don't know. Yeah, she's excellent um, as well. Come here, Pete, because like we've already been keeping you for a long time. So I don't uh, mind. I'm fucking talking uh, we, to you boys we, all you day. You know, I mean, we 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 do need to to because you know, we want people to listen to your content as well. So they, oh. you know, they they oversaturate here, they won't head over to things like you know, the crack podcast yeah. or yeah. the ringer mma show um but a couple of developments in the last week two legends of mma uh left their gloves in the octagon as they do uh yes. who do you want to start with bigfoot or amanda nunez I, I think amanda nunez i'd like to start there because uh let's be honest she's been a bigger deal in the sport yeah fair um, point well made. uh i don't know how amanda nunez is not like a gay icon I don't know how she's not like yeah. fucking put on a, a pedestal. Like I have friends who are like, you know, members of the community. And I'd say to him, do you know this person exists? Like this is, and I tell them just a few short facts about it. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, this person exists and is fighting at the weekend. And they're going like, what the fuck? Like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, yes, I know this. I don't know how. I don't know how she's not like fucking. Would it be because of the UFC? Would it be because of Dana Weiss? A lot of people argue that, but I will say that Amanda isn't interested in it either. Like she's not interested in coveting media. Like she doesn't like to do a lot of media. She barely does the press conferences. So I I think there's a bit of that to it as well. But I just feel like actions are what someone should be judged on and what she's done and how she's been very publicly herself and you know she has her and her wife of children all this stuff i just think she's such a fucking positive story she's an amazing fighter i don't think there's ever going to be anyone that will you know have the impact like if you look at her record she's beaten every other person that could possibly be considered the greatest female fighter ever she batted them mm -hmm. like not like it was like oh close decision i know she had one with valentina but mostly has battered everyone like as yeah. uh, chris cyborg ronda rousey Holly Holm, she she's battled them all. Yeah. yeah, it's unbelievable. So, do you think she's definitely retired? Yes, I I think it's like Habib, like it, it's one of them rare ones where you're like she was out. I actually, do you know that was my bold prediction for 2023 in January? Yes. And once again, they were giving it to oh, will you stop PT? And now they're like, oh come on, that was hardly a big pick. Fuck but all two, of them. Two of your Aaron. predictions were Noon has to retire and Connor not to fight. Yes. And uh, last year was uh, Leon Edwards to beat Usman in the rematch. And of course, at the time, everyone was saying, no way, Pete, you're a fucking dickhead, Pete. But now I'm just enjoying the fruits, boys. The fruits <laughs> of my stargazing ways. But uh, B Bigfoot Silva is a different one. Um, funny enough, Bigfoot Silva, I first became aware of Bigfoot Silva when he's fighting in Cage Warriors. Like hmm. there was a time there when... Bigfoot Silva was the super heavyweight champion England, of Cage Warriors. It was it was bizarre. He made bizarre. his debut in England, didn't he? So I think he only I think he only fought for them once. But then he went from Nottingham, maybe. Mm, maybe, maybe. I, I don't have I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but you know, 
unfortunately for Bigfoot, his career has gone very badly. Like he is yeah. not getting the shining moment of glory, walking away with two belts over your shoulders like Amanda Nunes. And off like it, it's unfortunate, but this actually happens an awful lot in this sport where you're kind of watching the last 10 or so fights of their career through your fingers. Yeah. And um so if I'm being sorry to cut across, man. I was gonna say if I'm being honest, the, the, the most shocking thing about his retirement was that it's in 2023 and it wasn't yeah. And I, I don't mean not to be disparaging or disrespectful, but like I put him in the same time frame that I put Big Nog and that I put those guys that like I, in my head, he's foiled away somewhere like eight, nine years ago. And I just so when I saw you retired, I was like, I didn't even know you're still fighting, man. Now, yeah, granted, I've, I've gone very same. casual in the MMA fandom, but like, yeah, well, his last yeah. win did happen eight years ago. You know, okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's fought a lot of times since then. Unfortunately, like oh. it was um, Coventry in Cage Warriors where he made his debut in two thousand five. You are you fact checking on the hoof frame? Yeah, I just thought it was nothing. Didn't like, fucking oh. believe me. He's like he did in his box. I didn't. I didn't believe myself. I would take that as a compliment, PT. A true journalist on the show. So Graham are going to actually fact check something. That is, he did fight twice, though, right? I'm I'm seeing now he actually did fight twice. I checked myself. Strike force. Uh, no, on Cage Warriors. Oh, wait, way more on Cage Warriors. Oh, right. I got it wrong. All right, win or learn, boys. He, That's a great chunk. Win or learn. Win or learn. Win or learn. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. But, like, I'll tell you what, like, that is the biggest thing I hate about this sport. Um, You know, even look at the guys who retired here, right? So Ash was forced to retire. Paddy was forced to retire. Carl retired. Um, Siri retired. How many of them were able to sit back on their career earnings? None. Absolutely none. Not one of them. Carl Pendred had to reinvent himself. Like he's got a sustainability degree now. He's doing great actor. work. Oh, yeah. Did you see him in fucking Ken? Yeah, he brilliant. was unreal. My ma was fucking plugged into Ken. And the she... series of Ken was just sensational. It was way better than the first one. Yeah. It was and uh, Rory, of course, Carl's character, my favorite guy in it. My, my ma got a voice message off Carl there. The other day, uh, no, just ahead of the last the season finale, Ken he sent her an old voice message, and it was absolutely beautiful moment. Because let's be honest, he is one of the most handsome fucking Irish men that the world has ever seen. Handsome devil. I think I think Zach Efron got plastic surgery to look like Carl Pendred. (laughs) All right, that's what I think. Does Carl Pendred sing well? Because I would love to see a battle between the two of them. And you want to see the flute in them as well. (laughs) <laughs> is, is, is Colin official? Uh, is he official coach with uh, Team KF? Oh yeah, yeah. He's that. I love that gym for that reason. It's like a little collective of all those guys, like Tom yeah. Kings, John Cavanaugh's first black belt, Chris Fields, obviously a legend. Colin's obviously a legend. Ashton Daly's obviously a legend. They're all in that gym, so yeah. I think that's really fucking special. What's happening there? Yeah. Um, but like, I think that's what hurts me the most. All of these people, and fair play to them, every one of them reinvented themselves. Ashton's now a school teacher. Paddy has done many different things, as we know. He's doing a politician. He's now shot a Bannon's coach. He's doing writing books. He's doing everything, and they had to. But that's that's mm. the thing that pisses me off. Series, uh, the he was a warehouse manager throughout his career, and he remains that now. He's also doing cross country run. He's coaching a GAA team. These people are fucking unbelievable. They're they're still as impressive to me now as they were back then, and uh, I just think it's an awful shame that you. They give up their lives to this sport and you kind of come away with fucking nothing, you know? Yeah. And and I don't think Siri, like Siri wouldn't have changed it. And I'm sure Paddy and 
all of them wouldn't have if I told them like when they were like two and oh I'm like listen lads you're gonna walk away from this with no fucking money I think they still would have done it like that's the type of people they were but that depresses me because I think anything when you really reach an elite level in anything you should be compensated for it, especially when someone at the end of the day is making fucking bi- literal billions off it. Yeah, know? exactly. And I remember when Ash was fighting, probably our last fight, I remember she told me her earnings and I was, I nearly got sick. Yeah. The women, like, the women's, were, were, the women are treated very badly with you. Like she, she literally put six months into this and I'm kind of like, are you actually for real? Like I genuinely couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I can remember we did it. But that's why I was saying, I hope Shauna is, is, Handsomely compensated from her UFC contract. I think. I think. And, and I, th- I think you're right. I think she'll earn most of her earnings from commercial stuff outside the octagon. And I think she'll also like. She seems like she she will learn from their mistakes. You know, she will now now going in like I need to be building a plan here for when I leave because I'm not going to walk away with life changing money. I'd say 0.5 percent of UFC fighters, not just MMA fighters walk away from the sport with, with money they can kind of sit back on and say, I don't need to work again. Yeah. yeah. Like literal, literal 0.5% of them. Like that's yeah, And they're probably all Connor and Brock Lesnar's opponents. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. It, it's I, like, you, there is horrific stories in the MMA world about guys who walked away and brain injury starts popping up. Like you should look up. I, I don't know if you read a, uh, um, Steve Morocco's piece with, with Spencer Fisher who you might remember from yeah, back yeah. in the day like he, a brawler like this guy goes out in his shield he's having serious trouble with brain injury now and it's it's just horrific there's this uh, class action lawsuit Um, you know you hope something will change and when you know you're seeing a 20 billion valuation on the company Endeavor that it owns now uh, WWE okay. and and UFC you're just like how can there not be something there for them how can there not be something for the people who helped us get here the people who are literally putting their brains on the line for these companies yeah. um, it's very sad it, it's really sad it's American you know? capitalism though fucking America that's <laughs> it's freedom that's what it they is. took their jobs it's freedom um, yeah. Pete what, one last thing before we let you go your other dance partner on the ringer uh, Chuck must be on fucking cloud nine, oh, man. the NBA finals. Chuck is fucking class. He's just everything about the man is class. He is a class act. If he wasn't on that show, it would just be me and Ariel screaming at each other, literally, like just <laughs> fucking screaming at each other for an hour every week. He's uh, a touch of class in everything he does. I think he's the best, one of the best players in all sport ever. And uh, to see him, like to 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 learn about this team through him, first of all. And then to watch him as each game goes by and getting a little bit more excited. And then to see him go on Ariel's basketball show. Why does he have a basketball show? I mean, anyway, but he go, <laughs> going on the bas- show. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Goes on this basketball show. And I'm like walking around, listening to him talking about being a kid and going to watch the Nuggets and stuff. And then I'm like, I cannot miss a minute of this. Suddenly, like, I'm full in. I'm like, I need to win. Chuck and me need this. I need it just as much as he needs it. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it's been absolutely brilliant. I, I love the man. I love both of the boys. You know, they, yeah. they really are two of my best friends. So um, every time me need this, I love it. Yeah, I mean he he's fucking class, Chuck. Like I do, I do think he is the best person on that podcast. Like mm-hmm. if you listen to that podcast, me and Ariel are jumping around and fucking juggling and, and fucking bashing symbols together, and he'll just <laughs> fucking throw in a line every now and again. 
and it just it's fucking kill us like it's just gone and then it's just like fucking 15 seconds of laughter his timing is brilliant i think he's a gen- like genuine genius uh with words and how he speaks like our good friend phil o'connor of course and oh man Again, I was saying before we got on, that thing he did with Christy Dignan was sitting in my sitting room, didn't even like Aslan, and I'm crying like a fucking baby. I think I've admitted to crying like seven different instances here today. You, 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 I got you, very emotional you, as you got older. Very, very, very emotional. emotional. It's yeah. these gray hairs, lads. I see them and it just fucking breaks my heart. Em- the embrace, right. it. embrace it, Petey. You'll be a silver fox. And I can't wait. The, the lovely Elaine will have a job baiting the women away from you. That's it. That's it. You know what she did recently? Uh, this is a bit of a a what's the story thing. So I think it's all right to to bring it up. One mm-hmm. time I was listening to the show. I wasn't on the show. And mm-hmm. Graham Merrigan was discussing the trials he has with his nostril hair. Yes. Elaine has recently started waxing my nose. Yes. And boys, Ew. it is. Oh, yeah, I do it. Fuck me. I mean, mm-hmm. what a life. Like that, this changed in my life. I, I, I haven't graduated to wax. I just ha- I can't bring myself to do it. I'm still using a, a nasal hair trimmer that I got as part of a previous sponsorship that won't be named on this podcast any longer. Doesn't work out, Danny. Scamscaped. Yeah, I mean, listen, does it work properly? Uh, do you know what? I'm not going to give them any sort of plug, grant, to confirm or deny. The let's just say, wax let's just say I use it. I use it more frequently than I would like to. I, Petey, I, I, I actually like the feeling of just pulling it out of your nose. I do too. Sick but animal. Sick like, Elaine does it all for me. I just sit there going, come on, fucking do me. <laughs> do me nose and all. The moustache stickers, Petey. Yes, yes. And she didn't put them on last time and had a little hissy fit. But last time I was like, you need to grab me head and push me head and pull this fucking thing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I was standing up at the kitchen counter and she had one in my ear at the time. <laughs> and she didn't do the like. In your the- ear? Hey, yeah, you're doing your ears was, as well. Hey, I am fucking. Do you ever see my back? I'm not messing, man. I'm like a fucking back, are you? I am fucking. I am. I'm like a hairy. Your back as well. No, she doesn't wax the back. This is just. I'm just saying up a hairy back. But she. <laughs> that's a V job. That's once. That's twice a year. Kind of me standing in the nip in the bathroom. I'll stand in the shower. It's gonna get fucking everywhere. Have you, have you then, ever read the reviews of V on Amazon? Sensational. Nah. Oh, PT. Have you never read a PT? No. It is. I, get, I mean, I'm, I could do a 10 year testimonial like at this stage. You, you, know will, I mean? no, you, you will lose at least two hours and about four stone of sweat and laughing at each review. Oh, it is fucking phenomenal. glorious, man. It must be it years old, change. is it, Dan? Oh, geez, yeah, it's at least 10 years old. But people keep adding to them. So every so often I go back in and just some of the stuff is fucking. Gold. It works a charm. I'd be like an eel. Every time I go oh, on a holiday, yes. I'm fucking like, like an eel. Crashing through the fucking waves. People are looking at me getting blinded by me pastiness. The, the, the ocean and sun banging together to make this fucking white illusion in the background. I, what the fuck is that? Don't look directly at that cunt. I, I had me Christmas Vite session there and I went swimming in the local pool and people were like, fucking Ian Thorpe. No, it's not. Sorry, no. <laughs> it's not Ian Thorpe. <laughs> I mean, you feel like an athlete when you wax yourself for some reason. I when I get the back wax, I'm like, holy shit, am I fucking ripped? Does <laughs> the, the, the oh. waxing go near the town halls? I mean, no, I, I still have a full hairy arse, like, and me back, it'll just be a cut-off line from the t-shirt up, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, my, mine's so bad, like, it'll pop up over the back of me t-shirt, do you know what I mean? Like, it would be... Ah, uh, yeah, you have, you have to put manners on that now. I didn't realize you were I'm not at the moment, because I've been beaten, man. Do you know what I mean? Damn. That's the yeah. that's the beauty of it. I mean, fucking... summer season, you couldn't be going around with that level of hair on your pizza. You'd be fucking sweating. I just get the... I just stand there, and I'm in 
the nip, obviously. And then uh, I just get this singe and smell. I'm like, right, it's coming off. It's ready to go. And I will just burst it. Like, I have never once timed it to the, what the ball. I don't think I've ever read the instructions. I just. Does the line do your back? Yeah. Like, how the fuck could I do it? I'll be like that. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what's it like when like it's when she's ripping? That's sore. And I think she fucking, she puts a little bit of fucking vinegar on it as well just to fucking let me know this is disgusting me. And when you put some clothes, when you put a t-shirt or something back on, what's the feeling like on your skin? Just feel like a newborn child, basically. Do you know what I mean? You're like, fucking hell. This I, is mad. I've never heard this. Now. Well, you, I mean, you don't have a hairy back like mine. Mine no, is definitely. fucking like a like a bear. It's like a fucking bear. And it's like pubic hair on me back. Like, I, it's fucking thick. And it's got the same style as this, me actual hair. Do you know what I mean? It's really? kind of like this Celtic afro I've got going on, yeah? You brush it? I could. I mean, <laughs> if my arms bent that far, far back, I could fucking properly, like, ponytail it. How I was thinking... The- how often does this maintenance take place? Uh, the back only gets waxed twice a year, I'd say. But I was thinking about this thing once. Elaine wasn't having a bar of it. I was like, I could go um, I could go to Halloween like a stegosaurus if you just let me grow it out. Like, And then we could mohawk my arse hair into my back hair and all the way up to this hair. And then I could just go around <laughs> on all fours. And then I could just go around on all fours and be like, is that a stegosaurus? Is that the right oh one I'm thinking of? Oh, yeah? fucking God. Yeah, I, I think it is. Yeah, I don't know. She wasn't having a bar. It's like your back's an afro. Yeah, like we used to like a massive mohawk going from here all the way down me back and into my arse. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it'll be an interesting <laughs> Halloween. Period. I'd have to be in the nip. I might just have a little ball bag like for me, ball, me balls and me, me penis. I wonder, yeah, just, I wonder why she rejected it. I don't know. I'm still it, wondering. Yeah, the, when you have to wear an old discretion sock, that's when you know... <laughs> Things need a second thought, like <laughs> you know, a nude color discretion stock. You're like, Am I making the right choice today? Imagine showing up to that, like, at the first time I'm meeting our mates or something, I just have a full fucking body afro, <laughs> and I'm like, What's the crack? I'm Petey, I'm Elaine's new bloke. Literally, like, what's Jesus. the crack? And they're just like, Is that real cream or how did you? <laughs> Is that what you called your podcast the crack because of your hairy crack? Yeah, but it's because I keep on saying, like, I was trying to explain to Ariel what the crack is. I was like, it means what's going on. Like, you know, what's the crack with that? Tell me what that means. And he's like, well, that's, it was actually my friend Abby uh, from MMA Junkie who taught that. He's like, that's what it should be called. And I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I had so many stupid ideas. I was procrastinating for years about all these different things I was going to do. And then Hawaii just puts a gun to me head. Like, you're starting this week. And I was like, I suppose I'm starting this week. And that's it. And what were the other names, possible names? I can't remember. I had a whole fucking list of them. Like, I mean, this is like going to the notes on my phone. I was gonna do all this shit, this wild shit on the podcast. And I was then I was like, who's gonna do all this? Like, you can't you don't know how to record a podcast. And I was like, Oh yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I, I nearly started to turn it into a game show at some point. And I was like, they were like, Who's gonna produce this? So this is gonna take a fucking day to put together. And I was like, Ah oh, yeah. Yeah. Won't do that then. Won't do that. This is half the reason that we end up a podcast that are over two hours long because well, I can't. Because of me really. coming on talking well, shit. Yeah, because of pizza, yeah. I, I just don't have the want or need to to edit. Do you know what I'm just like, meh. No. Raw, it'll do. Okay. You shouldn't. Put this up um, the way it is, Danny. It's magical. This is this is it, PT. This is it. Uh, if, if people want to check out episodes of The Crack and they want to hear your adventures with your two dance partners, Inchuk and Ariel, uh, how can they do so? Um, you can check us out exclusively on Spotify for the Ringer MMA show. And I actually have to check the name of, right, I didn't know if they changed it yet. It's still, the crack is under the Ariel Hawani show uh, network, which yeah. should be called the Ariel Hawani network now, but we still haven't changed that, Ariel. 
But um, anyway, if you go onto the Ariel Hawani show on all of your lovely apps, like whatever pod, whatever the fuck it's called, it's on. It's on there. It's in there twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, we have a lovely time. It's thirty minutes. Won't take up much of your day. Please help me. <laughs> it's, it's a nice, easy listen. It's grand. It's it is grand. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, I hope to someday be award-winning. Like you know, what's the story? I mean, I need. To, I want the award. We're milking you know the I mean? book out of that now. I want to. I want to be like I'm, Jackson at the Grammys. I, well, I mean, you know, it's uh, six years since one of those awards. But sure, people don't even know that. I mean, yeah. I mean, an awards, yeah. awards. You can call exactly. it award-winning podcast. That's that's all I want to say. Like, For life. I mean? multi multi award-winning. I mean, no one's like like last year's it's award-winning podcast exactly. lads exactly and and it forever will be um so there you go pc carol as always it has been a fucking joy and a pleasure and i i enjoy these catch-ups with you and i enjoyed when i got to see you there not so long ago at a valley black bulls encounter as well when uh, is the next one by the way we were told we'd get invites to fucking abbottstown or something and no yeah. such invites meryl yeah when was that actually that was well, you and said it was in think, fucking May, so I mean, I'm guessing it just what didn't make the guest list on this one. No, Did Christy Moore want to bring his mate? Is that what happened? Yeah. Um, where the fixtures won't be out for a while. The season is September to May, so. Um, yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let Did you we know win? Did we win? Then. No, we lost. All right. Well, then I'm glad I wasn't there because I, I think I don't think I invited anyone because I knew we'd lose. Ah. <laughs> you just hammered that team today. I was there. That was oh, a great game. It was a great game. Ah, but you, like, hammered them hammered them by two it was a great match it was it was it a good hammering yeah that, that young fella off the bench class oh my god fucking making it rain trees like Steph Curry that was fucking wild it really it was, was actually fucking wild man that was against the old club and we had it on video I had yeah. listen I had no idea of the fucking there is lots of infighting there man like I mean you was, it, this was basically like being at an old firm derby and I only found out afterwards when everyone started talking I was like hang on he used to be Whoa, what? Yeah. And he used to be on that team? I was yeah. like, this is absolutely ridiculous. They're like, it's all Merrow. He fucking dragged them over there with him. That's the way he is. They call him <laughs> the Pied Piper. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, lads, I'm genuinely, we're wrapping up because I okay. want to go, well, I've, missed half, I've missed half of Love Island already. Right. You're fucking ruining me night now. Fucking perilous. Okay. Anyway, right. sorry, boys. Thanks for everything. Right. Petey, thank you very kindly. You're a gent. Love these boys. Have a lovely day. Always, always, always a pleasure and a joy speaking to PT Carroll. Uh, one of the nicest blokes out there. Best. One of the best journalists out there. Unbelievable. And every time we talk to him, the time pisses by and you don't realise how long you're talking. Exactly, yeah. I'm after sacrificing most of Love Island there, as I said. But I'm all right with that because it's PT. And I wouldn't do it for anybody else. except can watch it on plus one. I, I might do. I might do. Um, so you wouldn't do it for Paul and Gary? We'll be talking to the lads another day and I'll make my feelings clear with them if that's okay with you. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, where can uh, anyone listen to uh, our podcast? They they can listen to it anywhere that you can get a podcast by searching WTS pod. And that includes Spotify. It includes Apple Podcasts. Pod being out. Podcast in public. Anywhere. Everywhere there is a podcast. Just search for somewhere there. You can get Mero at Mergamania. You can get me at Dan Joe Murray. Pretty much all the social medias. Um, thanks very much for listening check out The Crack check out uh, The Ringer MMA show uh, R.I.P. Christy Dignam a legend and uh, that, that's it for this week lads until next time it was full heart can't lose shine on Christy's